0: Karen, I'm not sure my observations are accurate, but a topic that's not preached about all that much is sin. Sin. Mm -hmm. Can you recall (laughs) hearing a sermon about sin recently? Well,
1: I grew up in a church there. They pretty much covered sin every Sunday morning. this this is sort of an adjustment to positive theology.
0: (laughs) Maybe people don't sin as much as they used to, and it's not as relevant.
1: I don't think that's the problem.
0: (laughs) Well, this time together, I would like to talk about a specific category of sins, and not to make people feel uncomfortable, but rather to be of help if this sin is one with which they struggle. Sound okay? Sounds good. Welcome to the Before We Go podcast featuring Dr. David Maines and his wife, noted author Karen Maines. Here's David and Karen Maines. Secret sins. Uh, that's the category to which I was referring. Karen, who are biblical characters you think of when I say secret sins?
1: Well, sort of the big guy is. King David. I mean, he was an extraordinary biblical character, a poet and
0: a musician,
1: a warrior, a leader of men, you know, extraordinary story. I don't know why there haven't been more movies made on the life of David, but he lusted in his heart after someone else's wife and took her to bed with him and that caused him all kinds of problems because then he had to get rid of the husband who had come from war not had conjugal rights with his wife but she became pregnant yeah and so david then had had to cover that the husband was killed in battle because david commanded that the troops would withdraw from him in battle and leave him alone so well quite a lot of secret sins going on there
0: Really profoundly affected his life and eventually the prophet Nathan had to come and say, you're the guilty guilty party. Totally different type of thing, but I think back in the book of Genesis, Karen, the story of Joseph, a wonderful biblical character, but as a young brother, he was sold by his other brothers as a slave into Egypt. Actually the brothers had wanted to kill him. They were planning to murder mm-hmm. him.
1: Weren't they the sons of one wife?
0: Several wives, yeah. Several
1: wives. This was the youngest son of their father's favorite wife, mm-hmm. but he was also in his old age when this young boy was born. So you can see how the jealousy lines up there.
0: Those brothers carried that secret sin in their lives for years. So for they years. sold
1: him to traveling passerby slave traders.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine what that did to the group dynamic? Wow.
0: I, I have one other just observation. As we get into this topic, but this is in the book of Acts. Totally different, just tragic response that happened. This is Ananias and Sapphira, a married couple. Married couple. It was the early church
1: filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, and new conversions. I mean, extraordinary stories come out of the well, the Acts of the Apostles
0: actually. Mm -hmm. The stories. These people sold a property and came and gave money from that property to the church, okay. which was kind of common in that time, and said they gave everything. In fact, we're asked about this. First of all, it was the husband. He said, yep, we gave the whole thing.
1: Was it Ananias?
0: That's his okay. name, Ananias. Ananias and Sapphira, I <laughs> 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 you need to make a little gender distinction. <laughs> and Ananias no sooner got the words out of his mouth than the Lord <gasps> struck him dead. Then his wife, I think the scripture says while well, they were taking him out, pulling him by the feet probably, his wife came in and they asked her the same question and she lied in the very same way. Bam, she was wow. dead. Yeah, so a secret sin. That had a ramification. So bit. we're asking our
1: listeners to kind of go along with us here. Any secret sins that they are hiding in their lives. We've
0: been examining ourselves as we put these very thoughts together. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, non-biblical names that come to mind related to secret oh, sins. Oh, they're
1: huge, aren't they? Mm-hmm. I mean, our history seems to be filled with secret sins that get acted on, Mm -hmm.
0: people who commit fraud. You got a
1: specific name?
0: One of our hobbies is Shakespeare, and I'm Uh, thinking of the Macbeths.
1: Yeah, the great classic drama where Macbeth
0: murders the King Duncan.
1: Because the witches prophesy that he will be
0: be great. And that sort of
1: grabs him. Think about that, the three witches. And they're never portrayed on stage as beautiful, lovely women.
0: (laughs) You know. He's look haggard and witch-like, but they somehow. Capture his imagination of what yeah. it could be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think of that scene where Lady Macbeth is walking in her sleep and her conscience is terribly troubled, and she says, will these hands never be clean? Well,
1: she's t- trying to wash the blood off yeah, of them in her no, sleep. I mean, it's yeah, an extraordinary.
0: Can, we've seen that play a number of times. You can see the actress wringing her hands.
1: I think it's an extraordinary. All the
0: perfumes of Arabia will not sweeten this little hand. Yeah, says, mm-hmm. and you
1: wonder how many people in the audience kind of relate to her because of things in their past or they're present Mm -hmm. that are those secret sins and feel like they're never going to be clean from it wow
0: I think in terms of our own country I think of Richard Nixon
1: yeah, well, that name is, of course, because of the recent impeachment dialogue that's mm-hmm. gone on unendingly for months. We're going back into the other impeachments. Of course, he was a president who resigned before he could be impeached. The handwriting was on the wall for him.
0: Do you think secret sins are a problem still, or is that just kind of uh, passe?
1: I think in our morally collapsing
0: generation,
1: we were raised where a man's word was his bond. If you said yes, you meant yes. If you said no, you meant no. And so that kind of morality, that kind of respect for truthfulness is just not a part of our age. It's kind of who can get by with the most. So I would say, yeah, there are lots of people who have lots of secret sins, and we're seeing it come out.
0: Let's not just talk about other people. Let's get very personal Oh, dear. On this. Do you identify it all with the term <laughs> secret sins.
1: Yeah, I really understand the concept. I think more in the past. Partly because of the spiritual disciplines, people have graciously introduced me to or going to scripture and trying to be obedient and then understand why obedience works in those cases. As far as what to do with our sins, the whole process of self-examination. I don't know how much that is integrated into our everyday lives, but certainly very important. And certainly a topic that the church needs to be helping people develop self-examination, self-awareness.
0: Not to make people feel guilty, but to be helpful to them and free them. free them Mm -hmm. from
1: the power of secret sins in their life.
0: Yeah, in fact, these are the words of the psalmist you referred to before. When I kept silence, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledge my sin to you. Did not cover up my iniquity I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord And you forgave the guilt of my sin Wow Yeah. So that's what we want for people to be able to do
1: And again, that psalmist was King David Who we talked about as a classic secret sinner At the beginning of this podcast Well,
0: probably to some degree All of us are classic secret secret sinners. sinners Although I believe over a period of time People like David can confess their sins And find freedom of that Sometimes there's the ramifications That will continue on for a long period of time That's unfortunate, Uh but at the same time, there is a freedom that comes from the awareness that God has forgiven you those secret sins. If I reduce what we're just wanting to communicate as a freeing process, Uh it would be this simple sentence. Secret sins need to be named and confessed, okay? So if we name our secret sin, and I think probably that's the easier part for people, and if people say, well, there are a whole lot of them.
1: I'm not sure it's easy, for the novice. I think that what we do is rationalize our secrets and I was mistreated and so I got back in a vengeful way and did something that I'm ashamed of now. Or I was raised in an abusive family and so I modulate my pain by drinking too much. And yeah okay, okay probably a, a little alcoholic so it's that kind of thing it's rather the excusing than it. Excusing it explaining it away rather than facing it right on, such as David did in that psalm. We didn't have much choice. Well, he didn't. He was cornered as we've yes. said before, but that's often the way the Lord works is he corners us until we really recognize our own errors and take responsibility for them and then begin to say, I'm not going to do this anymore. God help me change my life. So there has to be this transformative thinking process that needs to go on.
0: In that short sentence I gave, I'm going to emphasize the last word because that's where people really find it. Repeat help. it again. Secret sins need to be named and confessed. Okay. And all that makes sense, except that I'm not sure most people know how to confess their Uh sins to uh the degree that they feel like they've been released from this, they've been forgiven.
1: Well, I think when there's self-awareness, procedure seems to be looking at my own life. You confess it to yourself. You say, oh, wow, I really blew it. I cheated that grocer when they gave me too much money back, $2 more than they should have, and I didn't take it back. But I have a tendency to try and get away with this sort of stuff. So we say it to ourselves, and then we say, okay, you can't do that anymore, and that's a lack of character. God will not be pleased with that. But I think what we're being taught to do is to, first of all, confess it to God, but probably have an open confession. The rule is this. As long as things are secret, they have power over us. Anything you hide from others that is wrong or ill doing or what would become categorized as sin, if we hide it and keep it secret, it has power over us. When we take it and bring it into the light, when we name it for what it is, it freezes from the tentacles. It's like someone has dug their fingernails into your soul. It releases us from the tendency of that thing to have power over us. So scripture gives methodologies whereby we can overcome these hidden sins in our lives, their past power on us or their present power on us, and that is confession. And that generally for most of us is going to have to be open confession.
0: When you say open, it doesn't mean you're standing in front of... It might. It could. It's possible. But for the most part, I think people we're talking to, that probably means going to someone who is trusted and saying, I can't seem to find release from this just between myself and the Lord, so Mm -hmm. I'm asking you to hear me, and I would like for you to pronounce that I have been forgiven because of God's Word. And that's usually going to be a minister, Karen, or a priest. Well,
1: it, it can come in a lot of ways. It depends what's going on in a person's life. I mean, a lot of what happens in a psychologist's office, is coming to terms with those things that have gone wrong in our past and then coming to terms with our own error. But that openness is great, but sometimes there isn't the reminder from those people because they work in a secular field and they have, some are not faith-based people. And sometimes they're wonderful faith-based and they can, people. And, they can, and sometimes
0: they, they're wonderful in terms of their profession.
1: But they often have to pronounce the fact that you are forgiven.
0: Mm-hmm. You need to hear
1: that from that's, another person's voice that's very the often. Of the
0: minister many mm-hmm. times.
1: Let me go back to where this can happen. You can have a small group of people that you have met with monthly for three or four years. And so there's a trust level and a safety level that has begun to build among those people. A mixed gender group, or it can be a group of men, a group of women. So at that point, if you will say to them, I'm being convicted of something that I've held in my heart for too long. Would you enter into prayer with me? And so can I tell you what it is? And will you hear my confession? That's a holy moment. And then those people will respond.
0: This is in James in the New Testament says, "Confess your sins to one another," which is exactly what you're talking about. That's what
1: about. I. And that's often what happens mm-hmm. when one person leads with that kind of vulnerability. Then others lean forward and watch it in the group. There's a body language, lean forward, eyes are intently focused on that person who who is confessing. And then often people will say, "Well, the, as long as we're at it, there's something I wish you would pray for me about." It has impact on the group. Or it can be between spouses. Mm -hmm. You know, there are times I say to you, I was really cranky today. I'm sorry that I got cranky. I was overtired. And you accept that confession from me. And that's
0: a hugely healing thing.
1: However, the church provides a format and a formula for this. So you want to name some of those things.
0: Well churches have communion services. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they go by quickly and there's not the seriousness that there should be. And Mm -hmm. other times confession Mm -hmm. is made very significant in that service, especially if the sermon has been on that topic. And if you preach on that topic, you are almost certain that you are dealing with people on a very intimate level. So the confession time, say, at a communion, when you go to the rail and you mm-hmm. lean and you say, Lord, I don't want to partake of the elements without you first hearing me say that I have been unfaithful in this given area, either mm-hmm. with my words or my actions. In fact, those things are already said in the formal confession of the church in many churches. In liturgical sinned churches, Sin against specific. you in thought, word, and deed yeah, by mm-hmm. what we've done, what we've left undone. Right. And as you say it with a congregation, you're saying it yourself along with, with the awareness that God knows exactly what is going on. You can say, Father, I have sinned, Mm -hmm. or Pastor, I have sinned, and that person can pray over you. Not even naming it, it may not be, that's the time to name that sin.
1: But it is a good thing to name it. It's, again, releasing the power to hold a secret sin Mm -hmm. will have when it's unnamed.
0: It's also possible, Karen, apart from the formal services of the church, to actually set up an appointment with a minister. Mm
1: -hmm. And Mm -hmm. some liturgical churches can encourage that sort of thing Mm -hmm. to happen. We were going to an Episcopal church for the first time. We were in broadcasting and had a large listening audience. It was estimated about 2 million people a day. That was called the Chapel of the Air Daily Broadcast. But we realized that maybe a quarter of our audience was from liturgical churches, and we knew nothing about it. So we joined a small group and started to attend a, a liturgical church, and that confession was part of their process, something they offered. So I remember the first time I dragged myself in to talk with our pastor, their married priest in the Episcopal Church about an error in my life and as he was trained to do and has done probably hundreds of times he listened to me confess to him where I was in error. Now, I was uh, traveling all over the country speaking, I'd written all kinds of books it was well known in the certain religious circles. For me to humble myself and do that had true what's called efficacy in my life. The very act of doing that was extraordinarily powerful, but even more powerful apart from even his gentle presence being there as I made that confession, were the words he spoke to me of the fact that God had heard my prayer and that he had forgiven me m- my sins and you basically told to go and said no more. I learned, uh, even though that was not a part of my traditional church background, as I was Baptist growing up, and that wasn't a part of their tradition, I learned the power of confession in those moments, in open confession. It was an extraordinary experience for me.
0: Let's say someone is listening to us And says, You just haven't scratched my itch quite yet. (laughs) You gotta. A couple more words you can give. I'm not going to go to a high church. I'm not going to go to a liturgical church. I'm a part of the Assembly of God, Methodist, Uh you know, or um, I can name many.
1: I would just find a worthy spiritual leader and just say, I have this thing that's been haunting me, and I need to tell it to someone, and I need, as Scripture is moving me to do, to confess it, and will you listen to me? Do that and pray for me. And there isn't anyone I know who has spiritual depth who wouldn't avail themselves to do that. Even sometimes just good friends. David. And even
0: some, that's very fair, and, and I'm very much a churchman. Even going to the church, no one's there. No one's there. You just go up and you kneel at the rail. And If, if there in, is a railing, front row. There, yeah, whatever. <laughs> there's no railing. And if someone comes in, you take it as providence, uh-huh. and you say, I'm here because I've sinned, uh-huh. and I'm just asking for forgiveness. Uh-huh. And if the person says, can I help you, you say, yeah, just put your arm around me and just stand here. your hand on my back, yeah. I may pray out loud, I may not pray out loud, but just be here with me. It's taking those steps, and you will know whether you are released because God has heard you, and either the person will speak it to you if you have that need, or God will speak to you and say, you are forgiven, I love you, go and sin no more. That great word from Jesus to the woman taking an adultery. That's such
1: an extraordinary story, and many of our listeners may not be biblically literate, so Mm -hmm. a group of men, hypocrites probably. Probably some of them religious men. Yeah, had brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. And the Old Testament law, you'd stoner. And anyone who has watched on video the modern stoning of people will know how horrific an act that was. So they brought her to this young rising Jewish yeah. rabbi, Jesus.
0: Well, they ask him, this is what the law says, should we stone her? Yeah,
1: putting him on the spot.
0: Mm -hmm. And then Jesus' story is so beautiful. He doesn't respond to them right away, but he just starts to write with his finger in the ground, Mm -hmm. probably dusty. And my guess is that he writes the name of someone in the (laughs) group, plus that person's secret sin, then another. And it says one by one, they began to leave because they're dealing with someone who knows them intimately now. And finally they're all gone, and then what does he say to the woman? Well, this
1: interaction is drama at its highest. Mm-hmm. If you want to know the nature of Jesus Christ, nothing could be more compelling than the story mm-hmm. so central to who he was. He looks at her and says, does no one condemn you?
0: Mm-hmm. And she <laughs> says, no one, Lord. No one,
1: Lord. And what does he say?
0: He says, Neither do I condemn you. Now go and sin no more.
1: Ah, oh, it's just an extraordinary, extraordinary story.
0: I have found in my own life that's how Jesus is. Mm-hmm. He basically is very gentle and gracious. I understand. I'm not condemning you anymore. You're forgiven. I'll go and sin no more.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. So what we want people to hear as they're wrestling with a secret sin is the fact that when they go to God, and some of this is going in tears and agony Mm -hmm. and saying, I have sinned against you and I have sinned against my fellow humans. Mm -hmm. And this is the name of my sin. Will you please forgive me? then what they need to do is listen in their inner selves. Remember, hear those words that Jesus spoke to that woman. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more.
0: You've been listening to the Before We Go podcast. And if you would like to write to us, please send us an email at the following address, hosts at before we go dot show. That's all lowercase letters, hosts at beforewego.show. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please remember to rate, review, and share on whatever platform you listen. This podcast is copyright 2022 by Mainstay Ministries, Post Office Box 30, Wheaton, Illinois, 60187.